0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live.
1: Good afternoon, UK. Good evening, Nigeria. This is the Drive Home Show with Bisayo Adewali, aka Bisayo, the Eagle Teacher, live from Lagos, Nigeria.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: How's your Friday going? Today on the show we'll be discussing the topic Sustainable Strategies for Behavior Management in the Classroom. And of course, I'm not doing this alone. I have two amazing teachers who will be driving this conversation on the show today. Today, we'll be talking about sustainable behavioral management strategies in the classroom. How do we manage positive and negative behavior of learners? such that it leaves a lasting positive effect in their way of life. Why are most strategies being used by most teachers either ineffective or short-lived? Sometimes these strategies even leave a negative effect on the learners. It changes their mindset, it changes their perspective towards life, or knowing to the teacher. While I wait for my guest teachers to settle in, I'll share my experience about how a common strategy used by teachers while I was in high school influenced my mindset my perspective, and my reaction towards examinations and success. So, you see, back then, my high school teachers used this strategy um, with a good intention. You know, it was to motivate us to study hard and prepare for exams better so that know we could uh, get good grades so how did they go about it then after an examination it uh, or a test they come back to the class to share the test script and um, after they have marked after they've reviewed it they come to the class to share the test script and then the teacher begins to call out students based on their scores, starting with the highest score. So they go this way. If you scored 70 and above, stand up with your scripts. 69 to 50, 49 to 30, even to the point of calling out those who scored one and i mean one over a hundred so what happens afterwards we begin to compare ourselves there's shame there's regret. there's pride you know for those that scored 70 and above you know all sorts of emotion starts flying around amongst us why this is because some students with high scores probably cheated, while some with low scores just happened to be a victim of time and chance during the examination. So, how do we reconcile that? I remember a time when my high school friend, just after an examination, smashed a calculator on the wall and cried out loud after an examination, regretting that you know the calculator malfunctioned during the exam which should have um gave her wrong scores and prevented her from answering all the questions hence the reason for her low scores of which the teacher had already called her out in front of everyone in the classroom teachers who used this strategy had the good intention of motivating the high scorers to keep it up and the low scorers to work harder and the low scorers to work harder to level up and avoid being embarrassed. So I don't even know whether to call this a good intention or not. What I can say is that the strategy gave us a shallow mindset for defining success, both in the classroom and outside the classroom. So we went through school seeing success in the results and not necessarily the process. So it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter how you how you get to do it. Just get an excellent score. And a common saying in Nigerian language that goes this way. No be everybody, we go school, local way.
2: Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk
0: Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at BulbApp.com.
2: Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from With Group can support them and you, providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glenn.
3: Research which was carried out by the National Day Nurseries Association has found that 95% of nurseries in England don't have enough to cover basic costs following the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Nursery finances will face further squeeze in April as a result of soaring heating and electricity bills, a further 6.6% rise in the national living wage and a 1.25% rise in national insurance. Emma White, owner of two private nurseries in Suffolk, said most of our staff are on minimum wage or above and these payment increases are so well deserved. They have worked all the way through COVID. What makes it difficult for us is that they are not being mirrored in the amount the government gives us. And they are expecting nurseries to take the hit personally when there is very little left to pay themselves we have had to keep doors and windows open in the nursery for ventilation because of covid which means the heating has to be kept on within months our heating bill has gone up by a third and will go up again in april a government spokesperson said the early years of a child's life are the most crucial, which is why we have invested more than £3.5 billion in each of the last three years to deliver the free childcare offers, including the 30 hours a week for working parents. John Beattie, former Scotland rugby star has slated Scottish teaching unions for being responsible for Scotland not being better at rugby than other parts of the UK. He said, we are a small rugby-playing country. Teachers' strikes in the 70s and 80s I think killed off much sport in schools in Scotland. His comments followed six Scotland team players being disciplined for a post-match trip to an Edinburgh pub after their Six Nations victory over Italy, in Rome, on March the 12th. John Beatty's comments have prompted a healthy debate about the direction Scottish rugby should take and come despite the last teacher strikes in Scotland being in 1985-86, to 86 in protest at pay and cuts by the Tory government under Margaret Thatcher. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. With Gail
0: this is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello! This week
4: I'm going to look at technology and supporting us getting lunch. Why? Because I asked every teacher I met last week if they had lunch regularly and most of them said no. The reason being they're too busy most days. Now right off the bat I'm not going to discuss any types of diet, this is just about getting lunch. Simple ways to get calories in to power the body. As always, I've tested these things out for you and added my humble opinion. First and with zero extra cost using the technology of the freezer. You can freeze a sandwich. I quite like this idea as it stopped me eating my sandwich in the car on the way to a school. If I know a sandwich is there, it calls to me. Calls to me. It being frozen meant I had to wait. The downside is making the sandwich. However, throwing 10 slices of bread down, adding filling and then into a Ziploc bag would be quite easy on a Sunday evening. You might need quite a bit of space in your freezer though. Next, I used a trusty thermos mug and noodles. I thought it was a good idea, but unlike a sandwich that you can eat on the go, I needed a fork and then had to consider not dripping it on my tie, so I actually had to stop and eat. So not as simple as a frozen sandwich, but I did have a hot lunch. Now hold on to your hats. I tried this again. I did enjoy a hot lunch, so I smashed the noodles up before I put the water in the second time around. That day, I drank my lunch. No need to find a fork. Lid off. Quick swig of noodles. Genius. The downside I can see is washing the mug. I know I'll find it on the draining board waiting to be washed when I want to get out the door. Finally, I tried a snack bar. You can get these quite cheap online and you can find them to match most dietary needs. It was definitely the easiest option. but would be the most expensive over time. For me, it didn't feel as lunch-like, if I was being totally honest, but it did the job of rapid calorie input on the go. So, in conclusion, if you're not having lunch, why not try one of these ideas? You will definitely feel better for it. P.S. I googled International Lunch Day, and it actually exists. However, it's on the 10th of March, so we've missed it. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you have for your lunch.
0: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Okay, I have my first speaker joining us now. So, all right. Like I said earlier, I said it it, it, it didn't matter to us how we got our scores. All we just wanted was to be part of the set of students that would be asked to stand up and get a clapping ovation for, um, for scoring 70 and above. And so there's a common saying in Nigerian language, pigeon that goes this way. No be everybody. We go school, local way. And it's mo way. I'm going to translate that. I'm going to explain that in details. Now, it means not everybody who goes to local means that not everybody that attends a school, not everybody that passes through a school actually studied or actually learned or actually got educated. Then it goes further to say that it is those that know the shortcuts those that know how to cut corners they are the ones that would be eventually seen as a a, a brilliant bright intelligent successful so how how did we come up with that uh, um common saying? it didn't just it didn't just um come up on its own instead it's as a result of our experiences. And, I, and I, I, I put it to you that these experiences, our, our classroom experiences, our experiences with our teachers' our experience in school contributed to this common thing in Nigeria. And so it means that it's not everybody that goes to school to study. And it is those who know how to cut corners to pass that will be seen as the high achievers, that will be seen as the academically sound, So we grew up trying to jump the process, trying to skip the process just to get the results, just to be celebrated at the end of the day. I strongly believe that the way our academic behaviors were managed in school contributes to the kind of mindset we have about success now. You know, most of the strategies used to manage positive and negative behavior in school were not sustainable. And I'm afraid most of these strategies are still being used in school by teachers in this century. So with me now on the show is Abiola Alabi, a basic science teacher in a public junior high school in Lagos, Nigeria. And Joy i'm a Teach for Nigeria fellow. Thank you so much, Abiola Alabi, for being with me on the show today.
5: Thank you so Thanks much for you. having me, Pisaya. It's it's such an honour, ma. All right.
1: So, how how are you today? How's your Friday going? I'm fine, thank you. My Friday has been going well. Great, great. Okay, so like I said earlier, it's an honor to have you make out time to be on the show today out of your busy schedule as as an educator and as a parent. Now, from your experience as, as a as an educator and as a parent, I'd love to hear your contributions on the topic sustainable strategies for behavior management in the classroom. Now, let's look at what sustainability means to you, first of all. What does it mean to you? When, what does, what is, um, when something is sustainable, what does it mean to
5: you? Okay, thank you. Thank you. To me, when something when is susten- sustainable... That means the thing cannot reduce your number. The thing has the ability to maintain a certain rate of level that keep increasing. Um. I I take sustainability as ability to continuously what is right. Come rain, come shine. Um. Whatever the condition Hmm. is, whatever the situation is, you are able to uphold it, you are able to make it increase in number and not Uh decrease.
1: Okay. So it means that something that can be kept for a long time and would not depreciate in value. Are you with me?
5: Yes, I'm with you, I'm with you.
1: All right. So something that will um that increases in number and without depreciating in value. Yes. Something that that can be sustained, just as the word implies. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask uh, the other speaker to please call into the show so that she can join us live as a speaker. All right. So going on. What does behavior management mean to you this time around as, as a teacher what does behavior management mean to you? What does it mean to manage behavior? in the classroom
5: I must be sincere in answering this question to manage behavior in the classroom especially when you have students there are more than 40 50 hmm, a and large you're classroom. Like eight 100 or a 100 plus students in your class, having to manage their behavior is, um, it means you guiding them. You're um, guiding them towards acting the right way. You're guiding them towards having the right behavior, having the right character, having the right attitude towards everything not just the Uh academics alone. It has to do with the way they behave. Like, let me cite an example now. All right. In a class where you have a student and you're teaching as a teacher and you ask a question and you have a lot of students raising their hand.
1: Uh
5: I'm sure you would have experienced this, which I have done several times. Uh Some students will purposely raise up their hand because they want to disrupt the class. Mm-hmm. not because um, they want to answer the question. True. And you have students that are really in line with you, that are listening to what you're saying. They have something to contribute. If at the end of the day, you call on the student that doesn't have anything to say, just let me raise my hand. and And some of those students are the ones that are funny in class. They act mm. in a very funny way. And while raising the hands, you see a lot of students in class, they will be laughing, you you and some might talk, some might might not talk as a teacher, having to now guide the students like, okay, fine, I know you happen to be the comedian in a class, but please, <laughs> this is time to be serious.
1: Are I you, am, me? you? Are you me? yes, I am.
5: Okay, So having to now guide such students and other ones in the class to ensure that they behave the right way, they behave in an appropriate manner, whether lesson is going on or not, means behavioral management.
1: Hmm. So now you've cited an example using sort of a negative behavior, right? Because the 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 learner, the learner, um, the learner's behavior will, in a way, disrupt the class. So it's yeah. left for yeah. the the teacher, who is more of a classroom management expert, to, you know, manage that behavior so that the learner is not embarrassed, and at the same time, the class is not disrupted. Yeah. So, are, are, we, are we on the same page?
5: Yes, yes, we are.
1: All right. So, um, thank you so much for that explanation. We have uh, the other teacher with us right now, Joy Ifain, a Teach for Nigeria fellow. I introduced her earlier before she joined us, and would like to hear from her now what does behavioral management mean to you as an educator, as a classroom teacher? Thank you. First of all, thank you for joining us. It's an honor to have you here. Joy, are you with us?
6: Okay, good evening, everyone hearing my voice. So I'm so glad to be on the show. And the question is behavioral management. So for me as a teacher, behavioral management is the process, the strategies, the techniques that I go through to support my learners to make positive choices. So everything I put in place to ensure that my learners make positive choices, because, you know, learners have choices to make. Mm -hmm. So for me, managing their behavior is helping them, supporting them, using every means, the strategies, the techniques that I can to ensure that they make positive choices against the negative choices that Mm -hmm. are available. So, Mm -hmm. and when they do this, it helps to create a conducive atmosphere for learning. Mm -hmm. So when all my learners are, you know, making positive choices, doing the right thing at the right time, you find out that you won't struggle as a teacher to impact knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's what behavioral management means.
1: All right. So, um, going on. Um, still with you, Joy.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, what are the common behavioral management strategies that you have experienced, uh, either as a learner while you were in school, or the ones that you have used in the past as a teacher, or the ones you've seen other teachers views you know before you joined us i shared an experience of how my high school teachers managed um positive and negative academic behavior and so uh, um, please help us turn off your notifications because i can hear the vibration yeah so um I shared my experience of how, I don't know if you also had that experience, where teachers had the good intentions of motivating learners to work harder towards um, scoring high in exams. And so they used the strategy of coming to class to share the test script or the exam script. And then they now start calling out the scores. You know, if you scored 70 and above, stand up. If you scored um, 50 to 69, stand up. To the point that they get to the to those that scored one or nothing. And then everybody, you know, different emotions flying around. There's pride on the faces of those that scored high, regardless of how they even got the scores. You know, um, there's shame, there's regret. I, I shared an experience of how One of my friends then, she finished uh, the exam and smashed the calculator on the wall, you know, violently. I've never seen her in that kind of um, acts before. And she was crying with so much pain and regret that her calculator um, did not function well during the exam. And so, it gave her wrong figures. And so, she became part of those that stood up for low scores, you know. So we had this mindset of success being just the results, and up to now, that's that's part of a part of us still sees um, uh, success as that. I'm talking generally Nigerians generally. I don't know people generally, and that's why we have this common saying in Nigeria that any eh, nobody everybody will go school look away, any to more we more way. I don't know if you are familiar with that saying. So now. Do you have any? Um, do you know of any other common strategies that teachers use that you have experienced as a learner? It might be a good strategy, it might be bad, whichever one that mm-hmm. teachers have been using, but and, and tell us how effective it was, how ineffective it was. Okay, so you know, wh- while
6: you were saying this, I it took me down memory lane, and I remember as a learner what i went through the very first term i resumed in a new school so i got into federal government girls college and mm. it was my first term and i wasn't used to this calling out of grades that was the very first time i was going to experience it and because i was new i did write some tests i did some it was during the period of assessments and It happened that they still had to do the division by, you know, the total number of subjects. And so it made me to be among the last three. Oh my God. The day they called our results because they call from first three, you know, and then they go 70 and above and then Uh last three, my God, I was the last of the last three. It was like the ground should, (laughs) it was like the ground should open and swallow me. Like I cried my eyes. I, I had not experienced such shame coming from a place where I was used to, you know, being the top in the class. And then I'm here now, you know, it felt, I felt so bad and, but then it made me to work harder. And Mm -hmm. I knew that the only way to cancel that was to come top. So the next assessment, they had my name at the top, but now Mm -hmm. it's not the same with everybody. Some persons Mm -hmm. that will kill their self-esteem. It did Mm a little until I was able to prove myself. So imagine I wasn't that excellent to prove myself. That stigma would have been with me till, you know, till I finished school. Mm -hmm. So, For me, for me as a teacher, now I'm a teacher now. Then I was a learner. I was a victim. So now I'm a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, now I'm a teacher. I have to make better choices. I have to look Mm -hmm. at better ways of encouraging my students. And so like you were also saying about success being great. I wrote down something immediately. You were saying that in my classroom, success is progress. Mm -hmm. Make progress. And I know... Yes. I just want to see that you're moving. I just want Uh to see that you're not at a spot. You might not be because it's it's a, everybody is a work in progress. So Uh you might not actually be at that point, but I want to be sure that you're moving. If you got to today, I don't want you to get to, if you move to four, I'm Mm -hmm. okay. Because I know that very soon you're going to get to 10. Mm -hmm. So for me, success is progress. And there are several things I do to ensure that academically my students are coming up and to ensure that, because right now I'm not behavioral management. I'm not just looking at the academics. I'm looking at even their character, even their activities, because all these sum together to bring out the best in the academics. Okay. So one Mm -hmm. one of the strategy I, I use whenever I'm in class is, I give out clear instruction. I give out mm-hmm. clear expectation. My students, they know we're on the same page. They know what is expected of them. It's more like a success criteria. Hmm. So for us to get to this point, what are the um what are the I, I want to put something like, okay, you're traveling. What are these um bus stops that you will get to and then you know that you are getting towards your destination?
2: So mm-hmm. you move from
6: one point, you get to one point, you know that, okay, since I'm here now, so let's say if those of us in Nigeria, you're traveling from Lagos to Port Harcourt. you know that, okay, I've gotten to ORE, oh, that's ORE, I've gotten to Benin. there's a step, there's a, there's a milestone, there's a point that you get to, and you know that you're making progress, so I give out clear expectations, they know what, what is expected of them as students in my classroom, and then I follow up, I follow up. So my expectations are not just there for the students. I also follow them up. For every child, for every child there is a different progress chart because we are not all the same. So I don't do a one-size-fits-all. It's a large class, but I try as much as I can to ensure... Because, yes, I teach in a very large class. Like but how many I try students? to ensure that... Like...
1: Like, how many students?
6: Oh, how many students? Wow. I teach yeah. three arms of um, SS1. And for each what? arm, I have about okay. 100. Wow. 100. So, in total, I have about 300 students I teach. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. It's a whole lot of work, you know. Huh. But, but I try to follow up. And I'm not following up alone. That's another huh. thing that helps me. I'm not following mm-hmm. up alone. I also have my student leaders that try mm. to also follow so up. So you others. assign roles, Be- mm. exactly. I assign roles to them, and they know that they have to, you know, follow up this this ones that are up and coming. Mm-hmm. I ask, ax- I ask, ax- like we did something in class today, you know, somehow, you know, just to delegate and make sure that you're getting replications of you in your classroom not just you uh-huh. you have people that are trying to be like Mrs. In, in the classroom so i give clear expectations i follow up and then i have my classrooms clear classrooms uh-huh. uh-huh. because i know that students you know when they say why well, there's no um Anarchy is a state of lawlessness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So where yeah. there's no rule, people tend to behave anyhow. So I mm-hmm. I I roll out my class rules. If you do this, this will happen. If you do that, that. So, but because my emphasis is not only on them doing the wrong thing, I also have a reward system for those that are doing well. So it's not yeah. just a classroom that's um and I did not do the classroom alone. I had to sit with them to say, okay, guys. So we know the things that disturbs us in this class. So tell us what should happen when this happens? What are some of those things that distract us in class? And when they give to us, say, okay, so what should be the consequences? And they gave us, so that's for the rules. Then also we have the reward system. So the reward system also helps them to want to, you know, they want to strive to behave well in class because they just want, and you know, Children are very, they are very, they are amazing. They are amazing. Children are amazing. Sometimes the reward system can be as little as just making a good comment. <laughs> and the child you. will be so fascinated. I just it make a comment. A, literate,
1: just um, writing that <laughs> comment on their notes. Just writing exactly. it besides beside their notes. Like, that. Excellent. Good job. Ex- it's enough.
6: And they will be they will be so happy. I wrote I'm on a child, you, you uh, very impressive. You're a star. Oh my god, you need <laughs> to see him screaming. He was screaming like I was even confused, like, what did I do? What happened? He was like, Oh, you wrote on my <laughs> He's going to scream. So, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> so that's just a
1: little that I do in a classroom. Uh-huh. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah for that insightful okay. contribution. So I can say that from what, from your experience now, from what you've shared with us, I can say that you uh, one of the strategies you use in managing their behavior is involving them in the process. So they are part of exactly. the process. You don't, just, you, you don't just come to them with, do this, don't do this, this is it. This is, you don't involve them in the, if you do involve it, involve them in the why, if you don't involve them in the reason, they might um, end up giving you different reflections of who they are. You know, they are very adventurous. So they will just play around with your strategies and might end up making a fool of you in the classroom. But because you involve them, you make them part of the process that way they are, they feel responsible for their behavior and, uh, by extension not just in the classroom even outside the classroom when you are not even there they begin to apply this this kind of behavior this kind of you know way of life in other things that they do so that's that's a, a nice strategy involving them making sure that they are part of the process let them experience the process so that they don't uh, grow up to be people that don't want to even show, they don't have any regard for process, they want to skip the process, they just want results. they just want to enforce things. That's why today we have rulers, we have leaders that just enforce things on people. These things did not, some of these leaders, did, it didn't just, this character didn't just spring up in them. It's, it can be as a result of the experiences they've gathered, especially from school from the classroom, from their engagement with their teachers. So, um, Abiola Labi, are you still with us? We'd like to hear from you to tell us some um, behavioral management strategies that you have experienced as a learner, or the ones you have seen other teachers use, or the ones that you have used. Tell us, talk about the effectiveness, talk about the uh, ineffectiveness, just Tell us, we want to hear about these strategies.
5: Okay, thank you very much. Um, let me share my experience as a learner. All right. My experience as a learner was, um, it was a very funny one, which affected my self-esteem as a learner then. Because uh-huh. um, I had teachers that their focus is always on those outstanding students, the brilliant ones, those that can talk. So the rest of you that um, don't get to talk, you are these low learners. And I could say it affected me while I was in the junior school. And then it took time before I could come out of that. It took a lot of time, even while in the senior school, I could say I I started coming out of that when I entered university. Like, hmm.
1: I'm
5: like we are just the I've I, I, while I was in the junior school I I never saw myself as the average student. I'm like we are just the we are dear students. Not like I was troublesome, but I hmm. wasn't outspoken. Let me use that word. I wasn't outspoken. I wasn't outspoken. And then I wasn't um, the first in class. So I'm like, my teacher's attention are not on me. Though I was a gentle Mm -hmm. type. So that affected my self-esteem in terms of my academic performance. Mm -hmm. Which, when I became a teacher, I'm like, God help me. This is not going to be my focus. And I would love to be a teacher I never had in terms of behavior, in terms of all round student, being an all round student to my students. So, something happened in my class this week. There's this student that sits beside the assistant class captain, which I get to send on errand. I never knew this girl has been watching you. Hmm. So, most times when I get to their class, if there's no teacher, they greet and we relate. After normal talk, I walk up to the assistant class captain and I say, How are you? There are times when I don't say, How are you to everybody in the class. But it's been part of me before I talk to a student, I'll ask, How are you? I never knew this girl was noticing. So this yeah. week, I entered into the class and I'm like, How are you? She responded, and I gave her the information. But the next thing I heard from this girl was, Wow, Mrs. Alabi. We are not nice at all i'm like what did i do <laughs> there's something you have been doing that is not good i said please can i know what it is she said once you just enter into the class the next person you go to is their sister class captain and you tell Hi. her how are you i said i'm so sorry Hi. about that like i never knew the simple how are you that i get to tell this girl is already affecting the girl that sits beside her. So mm. I needed to like say, I'm sorry about that. How are you? And I mentioned her name. She was like, I'm fine. And mm. I pecked her on her forehead. I pecked her on her cheek. Like, you know, I don't do this to the assistant class captain. If you see a lot, if you just see to make the number of students special. that are, like, just to make her feel special. If you see the number of students that were now coming to me, Like, Mrs. Alabi, my own too. I said, okay, no problem. (laughs) And that was how, I'm like, that really touched me. Like, just the little how are you that I say before I give an instruction to this girl really affected the other girl beside her. Like, you're not even asking me. And I'm like, wow, I need to work on this. Like, not. Having to have like one particular child that you send on errand or you have special interest in shouldn't be the way. Hmm. Fine, the rest might not do it perfectly well the way the other person would do it. I learned that okay, I need to like now let just like um the other person said, I I side role to this particular person. But rather than allowing her alone, do it. Then mm-hmm. I have another person to assist her. That, um, before closing that day, I needed to do something very close to their class. I had to walk up to her and mention her name. How I wish She was like, I'm fine. Okay, come. You can bring me your class. I need you to help me do this here. If You see how she was smiling? Like, mm-hmm. yes. Now, now, now you're making me feel like...
1: You're giving me a sense of belonging. It's You're making me feel like part Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for that insightful contribution. Um. I I can while you were talking, I just I just noted something down. Like for you, your strategy is focusing on the emotion, the emotion behind the behavior. So imagine that this. Lena, because she feels like you are not giving her the attention and so she needs to start you know throwing tantrums in the classroom while you are teaching or whenever you are around you know if that is what would make her um would make her get your attention you know so instead instead of you know uh you Realizing that there's an emotion that is fueling this negative behavior, you now start addressing this behavior. Oh, this girl, she's so rude. This girl, she's so she she knows what she's doing. She's intentionally frustrating my class. She's this. She's that. You know, coming up with different conclusions without realizing that emotion that was fueling that behavior. So for you, you use you use their emotions. Your own strategy is. Um, using their emotions to get them to behave in the right way in the classroom. So you, you, you put yourself in their shoes. You make them feel part of the process. You make them feel like they are part of the process. You make them feel like they are special to you. So you don't make any learner feel more special than the other. You make every one of them feel like, they are all, they, they all have, the uh, you have equal level of attention for all of them. So not even those that you have assigned, I'm sure you, you said it uh, while you were speaking, that even those that and that were not giving roles, they started coming to you, you know, to get that same um, uh, kind of affection that you gave the assistant class captain. So you see, because you've, attended to that emotion you're able to get positive vibes. trust me there is no time an admin will walk into your class and will not meet your class uh, uh you know will not meet your class stable and settled you know with great class control and then everybody begins to talk Ah, um, alabi, alabi is the best teacher alabi is a classroom management expert what did you do? You simply use the strategy of emotions, appealing to their emotions. So that's another thing that I have learned. And uh, I I wasn't joking when I told you, the listeners, that we have two amazing teachers. Uh, for those of you just joining us, this is the Drive Home Show with Bisayo Adewole, live from Lagos, Nigeria. And we have been talking about sustainable behavioral management strategies in the classroom and we have been driving this conversation with Alabi Abiola, a basic science teacher in a public junior high school in Lagos State and Joy Ifani, a Teach for Nigeria fellow and uh, she teaches English studies too. So and um, before you joined us, Joy Ifan shared a strategy. And uh, for her, what she does is that she assigns rules, and she allows the students be. Uh, she involves them in setting behavior uh, rules, rules that guide their behavior. She involves them so they are part of the process. They are responsible. If you have other strategies that you have used. In managing the students' behavior that has left um, that you believe would leave a good impact, would leave a great impact on them even outside the classroom. Please share with us in the um, comments so that it can be read out live for others to learn from. And um, I just shared that of uh, Alabia Biola, she appeals to their emotions in order to manage their behavior. This is way better. This makes a lot more sense than what we were used to growing up where um, teachers focus more on the behavior without, um, without taking attention, paying attention to the things that foils that behavior. Now, moving on. This would be for um, joy, if I, where do we draw the line between positive behavior and negative behavior? Where do we draw the line? Why am I asking these questions? Sometimes learners exhibit negative behavior um, with a good intention. Their intention was not to frustrate you. It wasn't to make you um make your class look like there's no teacher in that class. It wasn't to like that just like you uh, like um Abiola labi mentioned earlier that she has some students that will just raise up their hands even when they don't have anything to say. They just raise up their hands so that they can take over the class from you. Probably their intention was to maybe um uh, what well, should I use the word motivate other learners to raise their hands or to uh, give you moral support the way we say it maybe people are not raising their hands and so she decides here yeah, she decides to raise their hand so that others will raise their hand you know sometimes learners exhibit this behavior that we call negative innocently it's they are not they didn't they didn't intentionally show showcase that negative behavior and then there's the positive behavior too that sometimes exhibited the wrong way so where do we draw the line do you have any instance that you can give us so that teachers listening will be able to relate and be able to understand when a learner exhibits a certain kind of behavior they'll be able to draw the line that okay this is a positive behavior, but was not shown, was not exhibited the, the right way, or is a positive behavior with um, bad intentions? I don't know if you get my question, but just share with us the way you understand it. Where do we draw the line between positive behavior and negative behavior? Joy, if I am. Okay, so
6: drawing the line between positive and negative behavior, for me, I would say any behavior that does not contribute to the smooth running of our lesson does not yeah. contribute to us achieving our objectives for that day is a negative behavior it doesn't matter yeah. how um, how nice it is, but if it doesn't contribute to our to we getting to our objectives, then it's a negative behavior because sometimes in class students will want to do some things and i tell them wow that's a good thing but it's not the right time for it hmm. yes it happens a lot so let's say for example i i walked into okay my classroom we have a affirmation that we say okay class affirmation yes so one of the things i try to do with the students is that I made them do this self confession every time I walk into the classroom, we have it already posted somewhere. So they, they recite it. Now you've done it. We've said our class affirmation. There's a purpose for it. Uh It's not there for fancy. I want you to say this until it gets to your subconscious and it becomes a part of you. Now it's a good thing that they always, they love to chant it. It's nice. But okay. well, imagine that lesson has started and a child is chanting affirmation. <laughs> I can't relate. like You know, you will just <laughs> be like, hello, where are we? <laughs> what are we doing now? You know, so it's fine that the child is saying, he has not said anything bad. He did not use any derogatory word. He has not done anything bad. He has said the class affirmation that you uh-huh. always want him to say. But then it's the, wrong, it's the right thing at the wrong time. Uh-huh. So that's why I said, for me, where I draw the line is at the point where whatever you are doing, it might be good for you. It might, you might think that it's a good thing. But if it doesn't contribute to our objectives for that lesson, then it is a negative behavior and it should be stopped. Uh-huh. So taking an example uh-huh. of what our teacher said, um, Mrs. Abiola, A child wants to, it's good that you're showing confidence. It's good that you want to contribute. It's good that you are an active participant in class, because I also Uh want to appreciate my learners when they are very active in class. Oh, well done. You're an active participant. It's good that you want to show me that you're an active participant, but then Uh don't raise your hand to distract others. Don't raise Uh your hand to, and that's why there's this thing I do. Just to ensure that, because students are fond of, they can do that. I know that when she was saying, I was like, this could be my classroom too. But <laughs> there is this process I've, I've been trying to, we're not there yet. It's a process, but we have started. And this is what I do. When I ask a question, I tell them to put on their thinking cap. Because um. I don't want them to rush we have this tendency to, I want to be the first to get it. I want to be, now in trying to be the first to raise hand, in trying to be the first to get it, you miss some things there. So I always give them that. Before you raise your hand, think about it. Put on your thinking cap. Mm -hmm. Let's go, i give you some seconds. Okay, you're sure that you've come up with something. Let me see your hand. Because at that point where they're having that pause, I found that that those that really do not have anything to say, after that pause, they they are very reluctant to raise their hand again. Because one, you have to put on your thinking cap. I'm not in a hurry to hear you say nonsense. I want to hear you say something. And I want to hear you say something that you've thought about do you understand? So, because I'm teaching them to be critical thinkers, not just people that will just you hear something and the next minute you you don't read instruction, you don't you know you're in a hurry to do a whole lot. So, any behavior back to the question, any behavior that does not yeah. sum up to our objective is a negative behavior, and that's where I draw the line. Okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Thank so you. it means that the ones that um, contribute to achieving our objectives is a positive behavior and so you encourage that so uh, if you don't mind I would like to go for that how do you now manage that negative behavior the moment you you can draw the line that "Mm -mm, this does not contribute to it's good excellent but it doesn't contribute to the achievement of our learning objectives which you have already shared with them so how do you address that Do you just silence the child? Do you give the consequence for that action, you know? Just share with us. Okay, so I am not always in a hurry to, you know,
6: to want to punish students because (laughs) I know that at this age and time of their lives, they are going through a lot. So what I do is depending on the negative behavior, Depending on the negative behavior, some negative behaviors, I use my non-verbal skills. Uh I use my non-verbal communication. So I see a child doing something that does not contribute to what we are doing. I don't want to Uh just, you know, distract my lesson. I give him my eyes. I give him that look. You know that teacher's I look. I hope you, you that, that teacher's child. look. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just, you just look at the child and the child knows that because, yes, we communicate not just verbally. You know, we use our body body language. We do all that. So while we're teaching them to also note and, you know, they give you this eye contact also. They know. But you, as teachers, we know that. Most times, when a student is doing something, and you know that you don't want to end your lesson, sometimes you have to give that eye contact. You give that nonverbal communication. Um, you use your nonverbal communication, and the child will stop whatever mm-hmm. he's doing. You know, so uh. you've succeeded in stopping the negative behavior. And also, you have achieved your lesson because you do not have to halt the lesson. Now, that's why I said yeah. for, some, for some things that I know that I can use my nonverbal skills. But for some others too, I, it depends. If it's something that the child has uh, said, if it's something that the, uh, the child has said, yes, I could, I don't ignore everything. Yes, because okay. you don't want others to feel that the child has said something and you, you just glossed over it. So this mm-hmm. thing is cool. That's what she means by her silence. So if it's something that I think that I need to address immediately, I do. But for some more, I do not take actions until after the lesson. So I'm like, you, please, let's see. Let's see, let's see. And then when we see, I tell you what you did today in class wasn't cool at all. I wouldn't want you to do it again. You distracted my class, you know? So the strategies are not just fixed for me. They're not fixed. I use my nonverbal. I could rebuke at that time. If it is something, let's say a child, you've asked a question and the child has given a wrong, a practically wrong answer and you Mm -hmm. don't want it to look like, um, you don't want to shut the child. So you don't go saying, ah, where did that answer come from now? What are we even learning? Uh, that will make the child feel bad. Wow, that's uh, a good attempt. But this would have been better if you said it when we did this topic. That would uh-huh. have been an excellent answer. But for this topic, this who else wants to try? You know, you just make the child feel cool that he or yeah. she had made an attempt and also, the class knows that that's not the right answer. Therefore, some mm-hmm. others too, like I said, we wait after the lesson.
1: We talk. We have a, we have our gist. And, you
6: know, we talk over
1: it. So, <laughs> okay. Hmm. I like I like that word that you use. We talk. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, um, it's it's reminding me of um, some of the things that I put together for the next show, which is um, going to be on alternative disciplinary strategies and talking is one of those strategies so thank you so much for that um contribution so now we can um, following uh joy's experience we can say that a negative behavior is any classroom behavior by the learners that does not contribute to the achievement of the learning objective for that class can be tagged with negative behavior. However, when you you must be wise, you must be careful, you must be patient in managing that behavior so that at the end of the day, your own strategy also does not disrupt the achievement of your learning objective. Because sometimes it's not just the negative behavior that disrupts. Sometimes the teacher's reaction also disrupts the the class. And we are getting to that. So we would like to um, hear from um, Abiola. You see so many strategies are being used or they are being used by teachers, but the impact on the students seems to be short-lived. Why is that? And what are possible factors causing this? Sometimes it is not even about the um uh. It's not even about the teacher. Now I want us to look at some external um, factors. We're not even looking at the. But let's let's look outside the school environment now. But if you also want to tell talk to us about the teachers, the teacher contributing factor, no problem. But I want us to look at outside the school. Because the teacher does not always have it all figured out. Sometimes you use the best of the best strategies. And yet, when you see that learner outside the classroom, you are like, wow, is this the same learner uh, in my classroom? Because, you know, we see learning as a permanent change in behavior. So when you, you correct a negative behavior in the classroom, as a teacher, you expect that, even when that child is not in the classroom, that's correction. that path that you have shown the child. You expect that that child still applies it in his or our day-to-day living. I mean, that's what makes the child different from those that... The children that are left to just wonder about life. You know, ch- children that don't have access to the kind of... um training that you are giving that child in the classroom so what's the essence of of using all these strategies when it only ends in the classroom you still see the learners you know behaving in in manners that you can't even i don't know you 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 are just blown out of your mind when you see i'll take my learners for example i've i've taught some learners that when they are in my class, oh, nobody wants to offend Ms. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss or Nobody wants to offend the teacher. Oh, I don't want to be on a bad side. She's so pleasant. I just, so everybody's just, you know, holy, holy, holy. The day I went home at the time that they were also going home, my goodness, I saw a large um number of them sitting down with construction workers that were, you know, that were fixing the road near the school with their uniforms opened, uh, you know, unbuttoned halfway. You know, cars, just they put their lives at risk on the road using all sorts of languages and um, with other uh, students from other schools, you know, and I were also going home at that time. And the moment they saw me, ah, Miss Jamie, Miss Jamie's, Ms. Jamie's around. Miss Jamie's coming. Miss What's the essence of I don't know. I it, it it came to me as, you know, what is the essence? What's the essence of all these strategies that I use in the classroom? Why are these learners not making it part of their way of life? So let us talk about what could be the factors. Let's talk about the factors that makes these strategies short-lived and let's talk about how we can make these strategies sustainable um um, alabia biola at the beginning of the show she told us what sustain sustainability means to us she said when something can last long without depreciating in value how do we create strategies that have a lasting effect outside the classroom what are the factors that are making these strategies that teachers are using to be short-lived and ending just in the classroom? After all, we are preparing these learners for the society, not for the classroom. So, uh, um, Alabi Abiola, what would what be your contributions to that?
5: Are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. Um, I believe. Discipline is not something that um, you do to children, but it's something mm. that you develop. It's something that we develop within them. And for most of these learners, we can't separate them from their environment. We can't separate them from the background they're coming from. I feel the 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 environment really matters. The kind mm-hmm. of um, background they have really matters. Just like he said, we've been using a lot of strategies. We've been trying a lot of things. And one thing I do as a teacher, when I have opportunity to speak with parent, is I try as much as possible to let them understand that, fine. Your children are living in this kind of environment. But please, ma, please, sir, try all you can to model the right behavior for these children. You don't want your child to behave this way and you're behaving that way. You're already telling the child this is the way to go. I try as much as possible to let them understand that The little I can do as a teacher, I would do. But please, ma, please, sir, ensure that you model the right thing for them. Let me take, for example, the father and mother are home, and there's somebody coming around that mommy or daddy doesn't want the person to disturb like maybe the person is coming for what she doesn't see as an important thing, and uh-huh. the next thing you say is, "That person, I'm hearing her voice. Please tell her I'm not around." <laughs> and you're inside. By the time the child carry out that instruction you are giving, you have given to the child, please tell me something happened in school, and the child knows the truth. The child will implement what he or she has learned at home my mommy already told me that this person i should tell this person that she's not around so let me just lie to my teacher about what yeah. happened at least if i like that will cover up that would make me to be punished and at the end of the day a lot of students will be involved in the situation and if care is not taken and one is not patient enough you might not see the results you might yeah. not be able to resolve the issue at hand. So it still go back to the parents. As much as teachers are trying their best, they're using a lot of strategy. They using um, they try as much as possible to model the student behavior. Parents mm-hmm. too. And then the environment, just like the saying in Yoruba, that um, it's one high that gives birth to a child but it's Mm. a lot of heights. Like it takes a a village to raise a child. Mm. The child sees what the neighbors are doing. The child sees what um, they are watching on TV. The child sees what the celebrities are doing. And a lot of them want to do that, whether it is positive or it is negative. Mm -hmm. That's the more reason why a lot of parents should try and control what their children are watching. They should not just be left unguided. Like Teachers ensure that as much as they are within the compound from the time they entered till they Mm -hmm. leave the school, they are guided. Parents and others that are with the children, the guidance should ensure that as much as they get back Till they come back into the school, they are guided the positive way. I feel if this is done, whatever strategy that is adopted in school will be able to work well. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. So what you're saying is that we need to involve the parents. So it is great that we are using excellent strategies to manage this um learner's behavior in the classroom. But for it to be sustainable, one thing that we must do as teachers is to ensure that parents are involved. So a learner, especially um um when it's time for open day, when it's time for parent teachers forum, you know, we the, the the teachers should use this platform, this platform to so Ensure that the parents are involved. Sometimes it just takes a text message. Why am I saying this? Because just like you have said, the the learner will just see the school as, this is uh, or the classroom where you are, where the teacher is, is. Okay, this is, excuse me, this is where I need to be holy. This is where I need to be of good behavior. The moment I'm out of this place, the moment I up from this place, then I can show my true color. And that's not the kind of personality we want in uh, our learners. You know, it's not our joy as teachers that at the end of the day, somebody, a learner that's uh, so calm and peaceful and obedient in the classroom ends up become a, a menace in the society. You, you won't be proud of that kind of learner. So one of the things that we must do is to involve the parents. Sometimes it just takes a text message. Sometimes it just takes a note to the parents. Sometimes it takes a phone call. Because when a learner knows that, whether I'm in the classroom or I'm at home, hey, there are people watching me and monitoring me and there are consequences. There will be no place to hide. But when the learner knows that uh, he's only in school, if I do something bad now, uh, uh, Mrs. Alabi would would hunt me down. When I get home, I'm free. I'll do whatever I like. Or if it's the other way around, in in school, uh, I'm I'm the big girl. Other learners are afraid of me. And even the teachers, they're afraid of me. When I'm at home, I can be the good girl. So my parents will think that I'm a good child and all of that. We must make sure that on both ends... The learner has no hiding place. If in school the teacher checks the learner's um, notes, checks the learner's grades, you know, monitors the learner's progress, the parents too must do the same. It should not only be. That's why we keep having issues of of um, late homework turnings and uh, even no homework turnings at all, because um parents are not paying attention to this it's only the teachers and when it's now time for promotion and the, the parents find out that ah this learner is your child will have to retake this class that's when you see them running at us showing so much concern the concern that they should have shown during the process you know during the, the course of the term so that's one thing that i'll pick from what um Mrs. Alabi has shared with us that we must involve parents to so start um we are making sustainable strategies for behavior management. Parents must be involved. They must be part of the process. If not, these strategies will be short-lived. And then you even begin to um you hear some parents saying, I wonder what they are teaching you in your school. I don't know if you have heard this from parents before. I wonder what you are learning in dire school. When a child exhibits some kind of behavior, they'll say, Ah, you didn't learn it in this household. I wonder what they are teaching you in dire school. I wonder what we are paying your teachers for. You can imagine a parent with that kind of mindset. <laughs> there is no way any strategy that the teacher uses in the class. Would will leave or we have any lasting effects in the child? So, we'd like to hear from Joy too. What do you think and what are the other factors that make these are uh, excellent strategies to be short lived? Okay,
6: okay. So, to add so to, to all, all to... you okay. um, said, in fact, when Miss Alabi was. You know, when she had the floor, I was, I was just thinking about it because she gave a valid point and that's the synergy between um, parents and teachers. For me, I would like to extend it, not just parents and teachers, even community.
2: Uh-huh. Every
6: Everybody should be involved when it comes to child development.
2: Uh-huh.
6: So, when a child is aware that anybody, or let me say an adult, can correct him, can correct her, you'll find that they'll want to do the right thing at all times. Because, yes, I will share from my experience. I grew up in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, wow. and the, the kind of place we grew up, it's such that if you were staying in Port Harcourt, when you hear people from that area talk, nobody would tell you this person grew up here.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I don't know if you have those kind of, I know that we have those kind of places everywhere. Like you just, your the environment you've stayed will just sell you out that this person must have grown up in this kind of environment. And I watched a video yesterday. Two children, they were having those kind of, You know confrontational and they were using those words that they say and the kind of PG they speak and all that and it got me reflecting on it and what was my reflection I was like wow how did I grow up in this kind of place and I can't talk like this how did not just me my siblings everybody like people doubt that we grew up there it's because one apart from the school my parents were very intentional about us Mm. Uh they did not want to hear that your background is what is making you know making you act or behave in this particular way so they were very Uh intentional and so our parents it's time for them to get intentional about their children let them form a synergy between their teachers and so when you're saying something in school you're very Uh sure that if a child goes home and tells his or her parents that this was what my teacher said you are not getting the opposite reaction you say yes of mm-hmm. course you're working together and you're excited some uh, uh, sorry the,
1: to cut you some parents yes. will even insult the the, exactly. the teachers exactly. you know in front of the learner so
6: so when you do that you're saying that you're watering down what the teacher whatever exactly. whatever the teacher says henceforth will be seen as one of those things she's just talking do you exactly. understand? So I, I buy that idea. And another thing that can cause this is influence. Our children, mm. what's, who is influencing them? Who is influencing that child? Who is that child? Who has that child picked as a role model? Mm. That's why I said the society. Because children will tell you, this person is my role model. And then you sit down and you look at it that why is this person your role model? And the child tells you, you know, a lot of things. So one of the reasons why it looks like what we're doing in the classroom is not enough is because, one, we might not get all the support we need from our parents. Our children have influence, people that influence them, apart from the teachers, they have people that influence them. And another thing can also be the kind of family experience. Yes, family yeah. experience, family values, now this time is not just um, having a synergy with the family what are the family values so if a family has a different value from what you are trying to instill in a child you know that there will be a problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. <laughs> we don't have family we don't, this is not, you know in their head is like a um, it's like a fracas, like a fight because mm-hmm. <laughs> My family, this is not our value. Let's take, for example, a family that does not see anything in smoking. Oh, okay. you're a ch- of course, when my child gets to 15, what's there in smoking? It's not a big deal. That's a value. They don't see anything wrong in it. And then in school, you're saying, stay away from drugs. Stop smoking. How? So, how? So, <laughs> I feel another thing that affects us is apart from all we've mentioned, our family values mm-hmm. also. Because the child mm-hmm. will return to the family. He will return from school to the home. Exactly. So, what happens there? What happens he there? He spends more time at home than forever. in school. You know, so, that's where every other thing builds up. The family value builds up. The 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 nurturing, you know, every other thing happens there. Mm. So, and then the kind of relationship the child has at home can also affect uh-huh. what kind of relationship, you know, so, um, that's why I'm very, when I, when I, when I relate with children, empathy is my watchword because I know uh-huh. that these children also go through a lot. I know they uh-huh. go through a lot. Good. So having that knowledge, I try to know why this behavior so I don't just look at the behavior. I try to, you know, have a conversation. Let me know why this behavior. Do you understand? So yeah, I get you. because because today are a reflection of a whole lot. Uh-huh. Family, relationship. So let me take for example, this this happened in my school. So I saw these twin boys. I saw these twin boys and they came to school first term when we're about to write exam, I saw them kneeling down and I've never seen them before. So I was like, guys, why are you guys kneeling down? They said, um, they came to see principal and all that. And I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? They said, um, they've not moved. I teach in a senior school. They said Mm -hmm. they've not, they've not been able to move from the junior school to the senior school and the way the school the school is the junior school have their own everything like principal structure admin and everything and it's different from the senior school so they've not been able to move so i was like okay so what's the problem and they said they've not paid they've not paid for their fees they've not gotten their results a whole lot they said and i said okay this is something that is workable I walked with them to the junior school, took inventory of everything they were to pay, and I had to just put it on my timeline. Oh, I need to get these children back to school, you know, and I got people to fund these children back to school. I was so happy that really? at least we've been able to bring out two more children back to school. I was really excited. But going for I even went to their house, visited them, spoke about the importance of school to um their par- grandparents because their parents are not around. Now I'm I'm just sharing this as mm. a story because I know that's yeah. you know. So now I'm trying to buttress relationship. So at the point yeah. they stopped coming. They stopped coming to school. Mm. And I was really bothered. I was like, no. My friends and family that have ensured that these children come back to school will not be happy to hear mm-hmm. that they are not still in school. What then is the problem? And so I started going out for them, and they started telling me things how they cannot be in school. I said, Why can't you be in school? You have your uniforms. I was able to do this and all that. The long story short, and Dad took them to um, register somewhere where they have to learn a uh, mechanic and uh, this tricycle mechanic from one the other uh-huh. motor mechanic and i was like okay that's fine you can actually do that after school They said eh, yeah. they cannot do it after school because they have to it's from the money they make there that they feed themselves and i'm like how old are you 15 years so imagine uh-huh. i said okay that's fine that's mom. That's dad. How about mom? Mom has been in so so place. They don't. They've not been in touch with mom. I'm talking about relationship.
2: Hmm.
6: So it tells you the girls living her whole life, and these children are somewhere else, and you know the distance is not something that you can just everyday come and see how your children are doing i said so yeah. who do you stay with and they said we stay with stepmom and all that yeah. relationship with parents now if you yeah. get these children misbehaving they are coming from somewhere you uh-huh. might be attacking their behavior but there is a root cause to that behavior there's no guide True. there's no relationship uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I said relationship with parents. Can... So imagine I say a lot in class and they go home. There is no reinforcement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Nobody is saying anything. So they are free to act. Like you said, when they're in school, when they are... when they see me around, when they know that I'm around, they behave mm-hmm. well. But outside the gates, I can see them doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I feel these are just some of the things that could be a problem,
1: yes. Thank you so much for that insightful contribution. Joy, if finding now, we must not neglect the path of the teacher's behavior, too. And I believe that we've touched on that while we were discussing this. That the teacher's behavior is also one of the factors that are making these strategies to be short lived, just like we, um, Mrs. Alabi said about the parents, that you can't say do this so you can't tell your child to do this while you're doing the other you must be able to model the right behavior so the same thing goes for teachers you can't uh, tell your learners that they should avoid using abusive words while you use abusive words on them why uh, when they are teaching or when they provoke you you see, there's a uh, there's. I have a teacher friend who was, who has once been a guest on this show, that will always tell me, BCIO, Don't take it personal. The moment you take, you start taking the learner's behavior personally. Oh my goodness! You find yourself using all sorts of abusive words that you, you don't even use on a, on a on a uh, on a norm like on a regular basis. Not something you you are used to. But when you are engaged with some kind of learners, especially the, the public school kind of learners, you know, that are from the slums and, you know, they are, they are from environments that these abusive words are their regular language, normal language to them. You'll find yourself using these abusive words on them, you know. So you, as a teacher, um, you can also be one of the factors that is making that your excellent classroom management strategy to so be short-lived because they know that uh, eh, she she says we should stop using these abusive words. But when we do something bad, she uses these words or not. So it means that once somebody does something bad to us, we are justified to call the person, buruku, oloshi. you know, you know, you know, it's all sorts of words like that. For non-Nigerian listeners, uh, I don't even know how to translate that. Olori buruku, is that not, your head is not correct, something like that. And, uh, oloshi, meaning somebody that is, that will forever be poor, or someone that is, I don't know. I don't know if Mr. can help me with that. You know, and uh, they are so used to it. And if you are not careful, you are telling them, don't use these abusive words. When they provoke you in class, sometimes you might find yourself using these abusive words. So what's the essence of uh, of uh, correcting them when you are not modeling it? So we must, take, we must take that into consideration as a teacher. And one of the ways that you can make sure that your behavior is um, fostering a sustainable behavior management strategy is to not take... Don't take things too personally. Don't, uh in in Yoruba we we'll say ma why Maya meaning that don't don't, you know, don't just, tight everything to your chest. <laughs> you need to relax because you are human, just as these learners are humans too. And then we need to you be must... calming down. Exactly, be calming down. (laughs) Just like uh, (laughs) Joy Fine said, she said she's not always in a rush to react to negative behavior. She's not always in a rush because, hey, if you react by impulse, my goodness, you will find yourself calling these learners names that you won't even call your own children just out of anger, out of impulse. So there's this exercise I usually practice I, before I answer any letter, I, I count 1 to 30. Before I'm done counting 1 to 30, my countenance alone is enough to make that learner apologize immediately. I'm sorry, ma. I'm sorry, ma. And the whole class is apologizing on their behalf because, uh, I don't know, thank, uh, thank God that my my amazing guest teachers are also public school teachers, so they can relate. They know the kind of behavior that you you have to put up with every day with over, with uh over 50 learners you had uh you had um Mrs. Alabi and Mrs. Ifaye saying that they they are in charge of uh, 100 200 300 learners on a daily basis so um we pray that we will continue to be strength, strengthened every day because this is what we love to do um so to wrap up the show do you have any final words that you'd like to share to a teacher to a learner that, that is listening now or that will be listening to the recording of this show who would like to go first okay Ms. joy
6: okay i would like to say kudos to every teacher you are doing an amazing job Don't relent. Don't give up. Your reward is in heaven. And just Mm -hmm. to draw our attention, you know, when I made this post, when I made a post about this program on um, Facebook, maybe uh, Miss Bisayo you will check later. I this Mm -hmm. evening I got a comment on it, and the comment was from my primary three teacher, and she was like, she was my (laughs) pupil. i could imagine the joy in her heart when she saw that i'm talking about primary three that's a long time ago you know Mm. i could just imagine how she was feeling when she was making that comment so i want Mm. to say to every teacher here that you're doing an amazing job Mm -hmm. very not too far from today you'll be glad at all you've done, you'll be glad at your uh-huh. students when you look back. You'll be happy that, yes, thank God this person passed through me. So keep uh-huh. up, don't uh-huh. relent. We are getting there.
1: Yeah, we are. This is Alabi.
5: Any final Oi. words? Yeah, doing well. You're doing Oi. well. Oi. <laughs> Oi. All teachers are doing well. What I would just like to encourage, teacher, is um. Whether you're in a public school or you're in a private school, because if, as a public school teacher, I hear what some private school teacher says, I'm like, hmm. yeah, they won't see me that way. Well. We are all on the same mm. page. Because mm. some, some of them will be like, ah, you guys are enjoying, you're free. Yeah, and I'm like, my thing. darling sister, <laughs> there are times I close late, not because my organ wants me to close late, but because of my passion and some things I need to clear. And they're uh-huh. like, oh. so i like to encourage all teachers to continue to do their best. Don't be stagnant. Change is a continuous thing. We shouldn't have a fixed mindset. Uh-huh. We should always go for more. And God uh-huh. Almighty will reward us. Our reward is starting from this heart, though. It's from yes, this heart. So. I usually uh-huh. tell teachers around me, like, what I am doing, I'm seeing the effect in my life. I'm seeing it in the life of my children. As yes, much as already. we try our best to do what we know that is the best for the children, we are impacting their lives. Our own children too. Somewhere, somehow God will have a way of bringing helpers their way. And even things just get to happen to us and we're like God, I can see your hand work. So please... Teachers, don't relent. The children might be many, but the Lord is our strength. Our reward is starting from here. <laughs> and we get it in everyone. Thank right.
1: you. All right. Thank you so much. It's been an exciting, interesting, amazing time with you. And um, just for those joining us, uh, well, we've come to the end of the show and you, we have been or I'm talking about sustainable behavioural management strategies. And um, just a summary, we said that, we we discussed that to make these strategies sustainable, to have lasting effects on our learners, even outside the classroom, we must involve the parents. We must involve the community. And teachers must... Also, model positive behavior at all times by not taking things too personally, by calming down. We also said that you need one of, the, uh, one of the strategies for um, classroom management or for behavioral management is to appeal to the students' emotions because emotions fuel behaviors, emotions fuel actions. And also making them part of the process. Making them part of the process makes them make them feel responsible for their actions. So that way they are more conscious of the kind of actions or behaviors they exhibit when you are there and when you are not there as the teacher. And I believe this also applies to parents if there's any parent listening to us. Thank you once again, Abiola and Joy, for your contributions. We still have a lot to Learn, unlearn, and relearn as educators and as parents. Uh, it's been an exciting time, and um, we look forward to more great conversations with you some other time on The Drive Home with Bisayo Adewoli, a.k.a. Bisayo, the Ego Teacher, live from Lagos, Nigeria. Have a beautiful weekend ahead, there is still a lineup of other interesting shows on Teachers Talk Radio. So tune in and talk it out with other hosts. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.